Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. It's pain-free Friday. Pharrell's doing out. Minutes on the mahogany. Waxing it up. 100, 200. The bad seed of broken data. Bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad honors. Bad taste. Bad lot. Bad dude. Bad breath. Bad attention. Bad vibes. We are live in the Pharrell Palatia right across the river through the woods from where Granny just came over and brought me a fresh weekend sack at a hybrid GG number four, 26.7%. And she said, it's the real deal. In New York City, the Big Apple. Ooh, people dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion, shaking up. Should do but all my friends that come around, flights of flights to party up. Rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown. What a mess this town's a tad, and my brains are splattered all over Manhattan. Should do be shaking. Hey, what's gigging? It's Pharrell with Mafia tonight and Minnesota. Row the boat leading at College Park over Maryland 38 to 21 after Tua's little brother, I think, put him out to a big lead. But it's been all gophers ever since. And Maryland has the rock at the Minnesota 42. So they're moving 38 21 gophers. They had a uh, running back in this game. Uh, go off Mohammed Ibrahim and he went off for uh, four touchdowns in the first half for the Gophers so this guy just went crazy East Carolina has added uh, another touchdown they lead 14-3 over Tulsa and they just started in Laramie and the Cowboys got the rock first over Hawaii and marched down the field and scored a touchdown they lead the rainbow seven zip so Minnesota's up East Carolina's up Wyoming's up we got Smitty on the show tonight in the second hour breaking down everything college and pro football We'll talk to you as well. 844-843-6879 is the number. 844-843-6879 to get on the bench on a pain-free Friday. I got a... Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person.
Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, for all the So Maryland just scored a touchdown, a 15-yarder uh, from Tua's little brother. Uh, how about this kid playing at Maryland? He doesn't look bad. Good game, uh, 38-27, the extra point pending. We'll keep our eyes on it. Uh, anyway, uh, there's a lot of stories I just kind of want to go over in the uh, first hour here to just kind of brush against them and see what we can get going here. Uh, one of the uh, stories I want to start with is, is that uh, just so we're clear, and I don't care what anybody thinks uh, about uh, me going first with this, but I'm not going to be here till uh, the 9th of November. So this will be my last show until Monday the 9th. It's no big deal. I'm off next week, right? Like, get a hold of yourself. Everybody will be fine. Uh, so Mafia and Carver High will be doing Pharrell on the Bench, the radio show, which is awesome. I've always said uh, through the years, that um, they should host the show when I'm out. But I've always uh, had to deal with idiots. And I mean that entirely. And Mafia, you know, it's true. I have dealt with so many idiots in my career that think they know more than me about (laughs) my audience in this show. Like, have I not dealt with idiot program directors that think they know everything? They just, they just don't let, now listen, I I love program directors that are, uh, that are, you know, legit, straight up, smart individuals that are uh, talented and that have great ideas and that, uh, you know, think forward and do all kinds of cool things and understand talent, understand people, understand the business, understand radio and audience and everything else. It's just that, and I do respect them, and Mafia knows that's true. There are certain uh, suits that I like, and that's, that's documented, and I have no problem with some of them. But it's just that <laughs> he, he'll admit it to me right now. You will admit to me that I have dealt with more idiots than you've ever seen in your life. You've been around me 16 years. Have I dealt with idiots? Absolutely. There's been you know so many of them that they make decisions and you're just like, oh, I don't get why you're doing that. I mean, it goes against all logical thought, but, you know, they got to be the innovative one that fails miserably with their crazy ideas. But like you've seen me like beg them. <laughs> I've like begged yeah. them to let you guys host the show. And you they're like, the no. They just, no, we're going to bring in this guy. <laughs> we're going to bring in this guy that, you know, we're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to bring more people to death. like you and he's going to host the show instead and your audience is going to listen. And that's the way we're going to do it. Yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to bring in the worst talent possible at the most boring people we can find that do n- absolutely nothing except they're morphine. They're literally heroin to the audience. We're going to bring them in and we're going to have them train wreck your show. I'm always like, why don't you just let Mafia and Carver High do the show since the audience knows them the best and that they can carry on right where we leave off on Friday, Monday through Friday when I'm out. Because I've been out. Usually, you know how I do it, Moff. And I don't want to bore people with this stuff, but I take a lot of fall and winter vacations, right? I'm not a fan of the weather in New York City. I'm not a fan of snow and cold and ice and blowing and wind and misery. I like... Uh, the surf, like this shirt, St. Martin. <laughs> I like the Caribbean. I like uh, San Diego. I like uh, L.A. I like anywhere. I like Miami. <laughs> anywhere there's 
like beaches and sunshine. So I always leave in the winter. Right. And so I take off a lot in the, you know, fall and winter, like Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, et cetera, and, and stuff like that. January, February, I take uh, vacations. So I've always said, just let them do it. And they always uh, tell me that I'm crazy and that they know what they're doing. Just stay out of it. Just go on your vacation and enjoy yourself. Let us worry about ruining your show. <laughs> let us let us handle uh, destroying your show for a week and sending it back to the Stone Age. We're uh, we know what we're doing when it comes to uh, absolutely crucifying a show leave that to us because we'll <laughs> we'll butcher it like no other so we just you know don't you worry one minute we've got this destroyed for you <laughs> and i'm always like all right so i i finally come to sports grid and uh the guy that runs it that is you know in charge of everything i didn't even have to ask him i didn't even have to ask the guy i did you know I, i've always told him since the minute i met him I said, trust me, my guys are great at what they do. They're going to help the network in more ways than one. They know how to do everything. Shows, host, produce, fill in, do whatever. They know how to do it all. They're going to, you know, well, they've never done television. Well, that took five minutes for them to figure out how to do television, right? Because they're good at doing everything. So it took them about five minutes, you know, spread it out in time, a few weeks to understand uh, the, the capacity of what they had to do. And they've mastered that and gotten good at that. So this guy gets it. And I'm just being straight up. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to BS you. The guy straight up and he just is like, Pharrell's going on vacation. No better uh, people to host the show than Carver High Mafia. I'm like, Jesus H. Christ. It only took 35 years. It took 35 years to have someone finally understand me and get it and just be like, uh, let's see, Pharrell's going to be out. Um, yeah, let's let Mafia and Carver High do it. They probably know the audience the best. And it took my entire career to get to Sports Grid and have someone actually know what they're doing. Mafia, you know it's true. Like, I can't even make this stuff up. <laughs> I have. I used to fight for them and say, just let them do it. And they'd say, listen, honestly, thanks for all your input. We just don't listen to you. And what we do is uh, what we do is fire people, give people pay cuts. Uh, what we do is we, we don't sell anything and we go broke. And then all of us go change careers and do something else because we suck at radio so bad. I have seen so many of these suits Come and go. Like, I, I, I used to say this line all the time. Yeah, he's no longer with us. He's selling bananas in the Caribbean. That guy, the boss. Yeah, he's, he's no longer in the game. He, he left and he became a male prostitute. Wait, are we on the air? Check one, two. Check one, two. Gigolo. Check one, Gigolo. Roger Vector. Mafia knows it's true, but he just texted me. Let me read the text. I can see it right now. You can't talk about male prostitution and gigolos on the air when we're live. It's going to get us in all kinds of hot water. Stop with the sex re reference. Oh, I think he doesn't want me to talk about. Oh. All right. I get it now. No prostitutes. 
<laughs> anyway, just that took way too long, that whole segment. And that was the plan all along was to stretch it. Mafia knows I'm good at uh, stretching things and pulling things out. It's like my wife, 34C. Uh, so the kids were here. There was a, a bevy of kids at my house in a super spreader event earlier. And what happened was, is that they were all going out on, uh, what do they call it? Goosey night mafia? Oh, uh, yeah. I, forget what, I never had this. I don't know why. The, now it's a big thing with the kids. Was it like mischief night, isn't it? Yeah, it's goosey night. So anyway, you're uh, you're not cool enough to have taken part in goosey night, apparently. No, nope, never. Invited. You know what I mean? Like you were, uh, I guess, uh, doing something else. But I was actually out throwing snowballs with rocks in them. I was out toilet papering. I was out egging. I'm a professional uh, butterer. Do you know what that is? That's when you butter someone's aluminum siding with uh, Fleischmann's margarine and ruin their house for five grand and get beaten by your father with a wooden paddle he got in his fraternity in the 50s. So anyway, I'm a, a you know, slash tires kind of guy, steel cars kind of guy. And Lucy Goosey night is Goosey night is the night before for Halloween when all the kids go out and raise hell. So tonight the doorbell rang and I opened the door and there was my whole yard had been toilet papered. And then uh, later, like an hour went by, the doorbell rang. I went outside. There was a bag on my uh, front step. I went to get it and a bunch of kids jumped out of the bushes and scared the hell out of me and made me my heart explode and i you know uh i cussed really loud and scared them and, and then I, the parents started calling the house and threatening my wife and then once the kids left i, I you know i gotta tell the story when i come back because it's so good so mafia don't let me with early for alzheimer's forget the story because i gotta finish this story it's really good have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. So what happened was, is that there was like a window of time where I could have gotten some leg. Right. So, uh, you know, when you got like tons of kids around and like, you know, teenagers and all of the rest and all their friends and, the, you know, just chaos, like there's no time for the nook. It's just not happening. So you just you get no leg. 
And then, uh, so when there's a window of opportunity and they're gone and you know they're gone and you know they're not coming back for like two hours, you've got to get it in, right? You got to get, you know, your priorities in line. You got to have everything in pecking order and you got to just, you know, get it done, get it in and everybody's happy, right? Like you, you take advantage of those windows of opportunity. And, uh, what happened was, you know, I'm sitting there, I got kids here. I got doorbells ringing, dogs barking, kids scaring me, people toilet paper in my house. I got kids leaving with all kinds of, they go ghosting where they bring candy to uh, people's door and then they leave it there. And they, uh, I guess they leave clues as to who did it. And then the people that live there have to try to figure out who left them the candy and whatever else. And then you find out who has like really kick-ass candy and who's a cheap ass, right? The cheap ass candy drop is not good. Kick-ass candy drops are uh, awesome. And then I'm over here trying to get some leg on, you know, on a pain-free Friday. I'm thinking I got like a, I got a quality window here. I got like a 30 minute window. You gotta, you know, get involved, stay focused. And, and, you know, accomplish something. And instead, uh, I get the drag out, you know, just playing the game, talking on the phone, out on the deck, uh, you know, up watching a show. And then the, uh, I'm screaming, there's kids toilet paper in the house. They don't hear me. And then I'm like, there's kids leaving candy and scaring me and nothing happened. I got dogs growling at people, barking, attacking. And then all of a sudden I'm on the air and I get none. So this is a massive problem for me because I think it's, it's planned out by these chicks. You know what I mean? Planning it out. They, 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 it's, it's a whole scheme to avoid uh, the inevitable. You know what I mean? Just avoiding the inevitable that it was going to happen or that, you know, you're trying to, you know, get lucky. And what do you get? You get all these games and all this BS. And then I'm left sitting here holding the D. And uh, and doing the show and talking to mafia. What could be worse? Uh, you know, I had it all figured out. I'm like, they're gone. It's going to happen right now. And then and then phone calls all plotted, you know, all arranged. Call me at exactly 930. I don't want to sleep. Just call the house. <laughs> and I get completely blown off. And then Saturday, they'll be here all day. And they're, it's just not happening. Sunday will be some BS and it won't happen. It's just a continuing game of failure. It's just an absolute uh, continuing game of failure. Anyway, Mafia was just bringing up my uh, past. He likes to uh, talk about no, no, how no good, evil and, and no good I am. And uh, so uh, a friend of ours got in a, a lot of trouble today and, uh, and was fired from his uh, job. And uh, we were not uh, happy about that as a group, as a as a whole. And uh, I'm not uh, really going to elaborate or get into all of that. I don't know anything about it. I, I really don't know anything about it other than uh, my buddy uh, got fired. Right. And uh, I feel horrible for him because I've been there, done that. I've already uh, been through that 20 times. I've Listen, I've, I've got it more than anybody. So in terms of being fired or uh, being in trouble or being blamed or being, uh, you know, chased by the FCC, I've had all that happen to me multiple times. 
uh, repetitive times, like just constant uh, harassment from these people my whole career. So when I uh, saw my friend get fired, uh, I was I felt horrible for him. And uh, Mafia started worrying about <laughs> he started worrying about our uh, past. So he's like, oh, I mean, they're they're gone. They're out to get people now. They're they're just they're they're fishing for trouble. They're looking for reasons to get you fired. They just can't stop trying to get you fired and ruin your life and your families and always destroy someone. you. It's uh, is it not always someone? It's like every month now it's someone new, isn't it? I you know that's how it happened. It's someone who had a bone to pick and, you know, for some reason was out to have that happen. And so they just went through everything they could to find something. Well, the thing is, is that uh, Mafia, what he's referring to is, is that when I was on uh, the Howard Stern channels, when I was on Howard 101 for all those years, seven or eight years, whatever it was, um, I mean, we were heathens. <laughs> I mean, the shows were so bad. And they were so uh, just delicious and awesome and evil and unholy and and ruthless and disgusting and repulsive and and heinous and uh, really an atrocity and awful and you say filthy bad without realizing it. I like you. I just know that uh, there was never once uh, a day in those seven or eight years that we weren't really bad people. In general, we were we were so awful, and it was just so fantastic, wasn't it? Like the church right now, they're Don't cheering. Don't hurt my feelings, and now I'm going home. All right. And they're all just smoking gigantic chodies right now, and pounding tables, and telling their spouses that they don't, uh, you know, participate in that open window. Right, they have no idea what we're talking about. I never listened to him back then. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, but we I did mean, horrible. Listen until after he was reformed and a good boy. No, they were all listening back then as things were going terribly wrong. Right. We had uh, like just for instance, like um, we had a lot of porn star shows that were, let's just say. You know, dirty. <laughs> uh, that's probably one way of looking at it. Just very dirty, very dirty, uh, bad things. Uh I just remember, you know, no clothes and nudity and bad things happening to my producers from very, very naughty girls. Just horrible things happening. Just horrible. And I, you know, the fact that I filmed it all and and laughed and enjoyed every minute of it uh, and just had the greatest time ever and, uh, have never come close to equaling that kind of energy and passion and humor, uh, that it was just such a great, uh, experience to be involved in all those, uh, felonies. And, uh, I have absolutely no regrets whatsoever. Can you imagine if they actually went back in time and seriously, and went through all those shows, like, what would I be? Would I be, uh, like they'd, crucify me i think they'd uh put me on a cross like jesus and crucify me yeah went out so on a rail tarred maybe and i would be what about like tarred and feathered and, and pelted with rocks and garbage stoned to death yep yeah we there were plenty of things that we did where we went way over the line because we were encouraged to stone. they loved it stone what about um we did shows uh i believe we've done many shows completely utterly and fantastically inebriated 
Yeah. There was one show back in the day when I was running two different boards because I was seeing double of everything. Because what happened? Because I was so lit, I was seeing double of everything. I was running two boards at the same time in my mind. Oh, all right. I get it. I don't remember because I did so many things. I don't remember being able to see. There were a lot of uh, pre-show meetings that involved bars. Let's put it that way. Yeah. We had had pre-show meetings where we would uh, meet and congregate. We were on at 8 p.m. to midnight and we would gather at five o'clock in manhattan and uh i think that those years i averaged about i think the average was about 50 grand a year in liquor bills that i had i established a liquor fund for the show and we averaged uh on on par about 50 grand a year in booze and that was what four four or five of us yeah, that was four or five of us. Four or five of us. And one of them, no, it was actually about four of us because Shep didn't drink. Right. So it was about four of us that drank. And uh, at the time, I was still drinking. And I, we drank 50 grand per year worth of booze. And we didn't drink, like, we didn't go drink cheap beer either. There was none of that. We drank Heineken's. We drank Patron. We drank Jameson and Guinness. There was no like drinking the. Hey, can I get the uh, the draft beer of the day for uh, a quarter? Can I get the quarter draft beer, please? The the natty light. No, there was none of that. It was nothing but the best for us. And then uh, Mafia would have to carry me up the street from the bar to do the show. Literally carry me over his head with another guy, like a piece of plywood. They'd carry me up the street, and then I'd. They'd roll me out of the elevator into the studio and then I would do the show. And then my bosses would encourage it and say uh, things like, quote, you're so much better when you're drunk and on drugs, end quote. (laughs) We were doing the show because when I stopped partying and had kids, they said to me, you're not as good as when you used to do it drunk and high. So I just want you to know that I should be. already dead crucified dead and buried because of the shows i've done in the past i'm a horrible human being and all my friends that keep getting fired for saying things in the past i hope they get even with all the people that have destroyed their lives and i hope they lose their families So Minnesota is never going to cover the number. They're up seven with 520 left and their quarterback just fell down. So trust me when I tell you they're not covering the number. So Saturday night, tomorrow night on Halloween from San Antonio at the Ferelamo Dome, you've got a killer fight on Showtime pay-per-view boxing at its best. In fact, the best versus the best. You got the 135 pound champ the super featherweight world champ and uh, lightweight world champ belts are both on the line as the 135 pounder Giovanna Davis goes down to 130 to fight Leo Santa Cruz El Terremoto. It's going to be as good as it gets. Of course, Davis, a knockout artist, he's a killer. And then uh, Leo is just a savage, 
a hand throwing uh, specialist. This guy just throws down. He just brings it for 12 rounds. He will throw more punches than anyone you've ever seen in your life. This is going to be a flat out war. I will not deny that Davis is dangerous and can knock out Leo Santa Cruz. I also know that uh, if it goes to scorecards, Leo Santa Cruz can beat him because, uh, in my opinion, he does way more work than Davis. I've seen Davis uh, not make weight twice. I've seen Davis uh, get tired in fights. I don't deny Davis has the big name and he's the A side and he's the you know Mayweather fighter, Floyd's top protege. Uh, and it's the deal. It's all about Davis. But Leo is no joke. He means business. He's an incredible fighter. Mafia and I have seen them both fight live several times. I think it's going to be awesome. 9 p.m. Eastern on Showtime pay-per-view. Also, Berrios, Carl, Prograce, Geraldes, Cruz, Magdaleno. Great fights. Call your cable operator, satellite provider. Uh, go to Showtime.com or the Showtime app and order the fight. Uh, it's also on smart TVs and connected devices. It's Davis Santa Cruz tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern from San Antonio with fans there at the fight. You can go to the fight. Ticketmaster has tickets. Check it out tomorrow night, 9 Eastern on Showtime pay-per-view. Anyway, I know that a lot of people uh, have been uh, writing in a church who it is and they figured it out and everything else. Listen, I love that dude. So I wish him nothing but the best and I want nothing uh, but success for him. I have no idea what he said. I have no idea what he did. Uh, Chad's a, a cool dude. People figured out it was Chad. Uh, Chad's an incredible guy. I've always loved him. I've never uh, had any experience with him other than funny stuff. And he's a great radio talent, great host, great uh, guy. So I don't know anything about at all. Zero. I have no clue what they're talking about. I've never known about any of this stuff. I have no idea about uh, the accusations or the show or the tapes or whatever it was that they got him on. I just don't have any involvement in any of that, nor do I want any involvement in any of it. Uh, I'm like everybody else. I just want to do uh, a great show and uh, coast to coast every day on sports grid at four to six. And I want to do this at, uh, nighttime on Pharrell on the bench on sports grid radio overnights. And I just want to, um, you know, do my thing, take care of my family and avoid uh, people like that. And, you know, one of the best things I ever did was leave there because they're the people that are doing people left and right. Uh, I think that's what they live for. Actually, they live to, uh, fire people, give people pay cuts and uh, ruin people's lives. A bunch of, uh, dorks and suits sitting in offices, running the world like the wizard of Oz. So, uh, I'm, the best thing I ever did was run out the door of that place. Honest to Christ. I mean it mafia, honestly, I can't even believe it. Like, I mean, it's like, I'm just constantly being thrown back against a wall, seeing the moves they make and the things that they do. And it makes me sick to my stomach. All right. Um, so the other, uh, a lot of the other things I kind of wanted to get into, uh, first of all, Dan, Tony, uh, joining Nash's staff in no sleep till Brooklyn. I was surprised. I guess I see the fit, uh, obviously, cause they were together in Phoenix for a long time and everybody knows what they did when uh, Steve was a player playing for Dan Tony. Now he's the coach and Dan Tony signed on to be an assistant on his staff. And, um, you know, obviously I think that he can help, uh, Steve Nash and uh, he's got all the experience in the world. The guy's coached a million games in the NBA and Nash hasn't. And I think that, uh, he's going to be of great aid to him. 
There's no doubt about it. But I will say this. I never thought I'd see the day that that guy would sign on to be uh, an assistant coach for anybody. You know what I mean? This guy's been at the highest level of the NBA forever. And he's been a head coach forever. And he's made big money. He's uh, been in gigantic playoff series at every level. And then uh, he finally leaves the Rockets. And then he ends up an assistant coach in Brooklyn. I just, I can't even believe it, to be honest with you. I mean, I said this on Coast to Coast when they first started talking about it, that there was a rumor. By the way, Maryland tied up Minnesota at 38. I mean, they might as well just beat them now. Uh, you blow a 38-21 lead, you deserve to lose. So, uh, and remember, I think they were down, I could be wrong. I think they were down 21 zip. I don't even know, but I think that's what happened. So anyway, um, you know, I, I just can't believe it. Uh, when I heard that he was uh, considering uh, joining Nash's staff, I was like, there's no way that guy's going to be an assistant coach. I mean, he's already, you know, he's just too big to be an assistant coach, in my opinion, uh, at some level. Now, there's people that will say he was never that great as a coach. and uh, But he's got the, the resume and the wins and the record to uh, prove otherwise, right? So there's a lot of guys that coach in the NBA that are, uh, frankly, hacks that don't have his – uh, rap sheet and resume and the number of wins and the number of games coached and everything else, the guys, uh, you know, he, you know, I think he's coached like more than most guys in the league easily, easily. He's, he's gone over the uh, rainbow on that. So I was surprised to see him say, all right, I'll be an assistant coach for you. So he must have a role of, uh, being the right hand man and ear of Nash. Uh, he's got his ear. He's going to help him. Uh, I guess, you know, finagle his way through being a head coach in the NBA. The, the guy's never coached a day in his life. Uh, I don't believe for one minute that he was a coach with the Warriors. Okay. So I know they talk about it. I think he was like a more of a consultant, if you ask me. But here's the deal uh, he's going to learn uh, or he's going to get burned. He has to, you know, it's now or never. He's going to get that uh, gig started when they start up. And he's got to, bottom line, take Durant and Kyrie Irving. Uh, Literally, in my view, at least, at, at the very least, to the, at worst, at worst, they have to go to the conference semis at worst. And then conference finals more realistically. And if, if you really want to know, I think a lot of expectations are to go to the NBA finals because uh, they have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and that's it. Everybody thought when they went there, that was a super team, right? And that those two together was going to equal NBA finals and NBA championship. And that's all there is to it. And they got all kinds of other players too. Harris, Dinwiddie, Allen. Uh, they have Levert. I mean, they have all kinds of guys that can pour it in. And meanwhile, they've never had superstars. They got Kyrie and they played about 30 games. Now you get uh, Durant coming off surgery after he tore his Achilles. So we're going to see what he's made of coming back. And if he's healthy and fine and good to go, which I've heard he is, and I, you know, I've seen him playing ball. I've seen him uh, playing football and basketball. I've seen him playing football on the beach, basketball, shooting. I've seen him do everything, training. So he looks like he's good to go. At, at the same amount as like Clay Thompson's good to go with the Warriors. Today they uh, have allowed basketball teams, NBA teams, to practice again, and so uh, ten at a time, ten players at a time. So uh, obviously, what you do there is you get your uh, 
10 best players and uh, coaching staff and you train and everybody else can go fly a kite. That's what that boils down to. You want the best players getting ready and everybody else can go shoot in their driveway like I do, right? I am playing tomorrow, though, Mafia, in a gym. I am playing. You've been to that gym before uh, over by that bubble. You've gone to Gunner and, and Chop games over by that uh, bubble. You know, the, the one played in every morning there for a while? It's not the one that I've been playing in for a while. It's the other one oh, okay. that you went to before with the, the giant uh, bubble over it. And then right. it's off It's off to the left of the bubble. It's not in the bubble. It's in the, another building. But you remember, it was off to the side. And yeah, yeah. Uh, you went to, you went to games there. Yeah. yeah, it was like a red gym. You remember it was all red? Um, so I'm playing there tomorrow at 9.30. And there's uh, we got like... We got like uh, two hours of court for 250 bucks. You got to basically pay now to play basketball because uh, you can't play anywhere and you can't with COVID and everything. uh, They won't allow you to play. So I am playing tomorrow and I'm chipping in with 15 dudes and and running uh, fives and then uh, losers wait. And then uh, they got next and we'll see how it goes. Two hours I'm dropping. uh, Everybody's dropping like whatever. 20 bucks or something and we're all playing. So it is what it is. But I think the, uh, Dan Tony will help, uh, Steve Nash without a doubt. That's my feeling. I never thought I'd see the day he'd be an assistant. I, and I repeat that cause I just can't believe it. But if he was ever going to do it for anybody, it'd be his boy, uh, Nash and we'll find out what he's made of. You know what I mean? Uh, and we'll see what, you know, they can accomplish together. And I think it, a lot of eyes are going to be on, uh nash this year to see what he can do with kevin duran and kyrie irving it really is and listen uh chris lavert is such a star player and dinwiddie lights it up too and they score so much in fact you know i think kyrie irving's a badass there's no doubt the guy's got mad game but he gets injured so much that he just never plays i mean 30 games you got to be kidding me bottom line is is that lavert plays way more and does way more for me for my for my money for uh, for what they pay him, uh, Lavert is the star of the team. Lavert's the scorer. He's the pure player, night in and night out, that lights it up and fans want to watch play. I love watching Kyrie Irving play when he plays once a month. You know, he never plays. So I I think his body's uh, peanut brittle. That's all there is to it. So I I love the stories uh, coming in about uh, the Mets. Uh, we all know what the situation is. Uh, Steve Cohen has bought the uh, Mets and he was approved today by Major League Baseball owners. But I love this because I can tell you the truth about this family. Noah Syndergaard Thor says uh, to the New York Post, quote, all I plead is that the new owner treats players and personnel in the organization like people and less like expendable commodities. That being said, I couldn't be more excited having the real life Bobby Axelrod leading the charge, end quote. That is a great uh, testament and uh, statement about how uh, Cohen's this billionaire owner that's got more money than God. God only knows how he got it all because everybody else that he got it with went to jail. Okay. So he didn't go to jail. Everybody else did for insider trading, but the guy's worth billions and he's going to own the Mets now. And he finally got a professor. So it doesn't matter what Bill de Blasio or anybody else thinks uh, he's got the gig. But what I think the Testament is, is this, is that uh, a new one of the treats players and personnel in the organization, like people, uh, because the Wilpons were the worst owners in all of professional sports, the worst. 
And uh, I can tell you firsthand because I had a lot of experiences with them because I worked for them uh, at the SNY Mets channel. I was on TV there for about, I think, two and a half, three years, something like that. Every day I was on, I did a show uh, with Brian Custer and uh, Brandon Tierney. And we did this show called Wheelhouse. And I was on there every day. I did a show called Daily News Live. So I was there every day. And those people couldn't bear me they just couldn't handle me it's so funny they hired me they knew exactly what they were getting and then they still ran me out of there because i made fun of the mets here's a news flash for you will ponds everybody makes fun of the mets everywhere even little children So originally when I uh, got hired at uh, SNY, my agent, uh, I'll never forget, uh, got me into this meeting with the uh, the brass. And it was Kurt Gowdy's son, Kurt Gowdy Jr. And uh, the, the head boss at uh, SNY was another guy. And then uh, I remember the Wilpons, a couple of them. Uh, I don't remember which one. I think it was Jeff and Scott, two of them. Uh, Mavia can maybe remember, but they came to my studio one night. I don't know if you were there for that, but they came over to um Howard 101 to see me do my show. They wanted to see like me in action because they knew that I was on the radio every night from 8 to midnight. I did these other shows at like 5.30 and 6 o'clock. So uh, I did like Daily News Live at, I don't know, 5 or 5.30 and the other one was at like 6, something like that. But they were both, uh, I don't even remember. I, I think it was like a half hour show each. I could be wrong. Maybe they were an hour. Who, who knows? They were a half hour each. All right. So they came over to my studio to see the show and, and I could tell, uh, I'm usually pretty uh, fairly bright when I can tell uh, someone's uh, offended by me or appalled by me or, uh, and Mavi knows this is true, uh, that I know when someone doesn't like me. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty good at uh, gauging the uh, response to whether people like me or not, even when I play ball. Uh, when I'm playing ball or the way I play ball or the way I play physical, Mavi knows I'm I'm chippy and We usually uh, have a 75% hammery. chance of all three for anyone. Well, this. I'm a bad person. So, I mean, I know that uh, I play hard. I foul people. I'm physical. I'll smash you in the face. Uh, you know, whatever way you want to play, I'll give it to you. But most people, I can tell when I play against guys, they, they don't like me or whatever. And they don't like that I foul them or touch them or, or, you know, bang or hand check or anything like that. And then they immediately, they just hate you. So the minute they know that you play tough, then they just hate you forever. They're like, I don't like this guy. I don't like the way he plays. Uh, he's dirty and all this other stuff. Same thing with radio. When I was doing the show these these two will ponds came to my studio and i uh, watched me do the show and you would have thought that i was sitting there doing it naked build digital first customer relationships with salesforce digital 360 connect every marketing commerce and digital experience on a single platform innovate fast with easy to launch sites campaigns and apps that's more relationships more revenue more return and more success Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.